Rosie. Daniel. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Look who's here in the studio. It's me. How's it feel to be in here? Well, I was a little nervous uh-huh. earlier, but mm-hmm. now I'm a little more calm. Wonderful. And I'm staring directly <laughs> into your eyes. But we do that all the time anyway. Yeah, but there's not always all this equipment in between us. Well, maybe this will help. Let's play a game. Okay. So I'm thinking maybe like a taboo. Taboo. Like I'll give you some clues and then you'll have to guess what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Does that know, make sense? I know how to play taboo, Daniel. Oh, you'd prefer if I did not taboo explain? Yes, please. All right, let's get started. Timer on the clock. Ooh. All right, first up. Okay. It's an independent podcast app. Got it. It embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. Mm-hmm. It has no exclusives. Mm-hmm. No premium content. All right. No paywalls. Great. And it's a great podcast app for everyone. Mm-hmm. Do you think you know it? I think I do. Huh. What do you think it is? Sounds like the Overcast app. Beep, 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 beep. Toots got it. Yay. Look at that. I win. Nicely done. How does one get the app? Well, if one were to want to get the app, one could get it for free in the app store. Fantastic. Cool. You going to check it out? I might. Very wonderfully noncommittal. Excellent. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. Let's get out of here. Bye. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. Hello. Hey. Welcome to Ergo. You are here. Oh, you look so happy, <laughs> Trying to be always. A man. grin from ear to ear. <laughs> yeah, this is a special one. So this month, as part of our Go Back series, where we return to the Ergo crates and bring you an episode to return to, we are going back to the summer of 2016 to Freedom Square. So for those who are unfamiliar, Freedom Square was a 41-day live-in occupation across the street from the CPD torture facility in Black Site, known as Holman Square. We took an abandoned, gravelly, rock-filled, mud-filled <laughs> lot um, and turned it into <laughs> our little attempt at a utopian city that models the freedom that we want to see in opposition to the violence and torture and carceral systems that dominate and diminish our lives. So what you're going to hear in this episode is a series of interviews that I did with some folks around Freedom Square. You're going to hear a very tired Damon. <laughs> I've never seen more exhausted Damon, but in a good way. Yeah, this was, you know, I knew it at the time and it has stayed true. This was uh, the most significant and life-shaping experience of my life. Um, I've never been the same since Uh Hearing and seeing the images still has a deep emotional pull on me um, as it was the height of, of living my ideals and, mm. and, and being who I want to be amongst people being who we wanted to be. Mm. Uh, but there's also, you know, pain and strife and distance connected to this space as complication comes with so much of our work. Yeah. And I also want to say, Daniel, thank you for, you know, making sure to document and capture <laughs> that time and that space. Uh, it was, you know, such an immersive experience and sometimes overwhelming. It was not possible to be in it and to capture it. And so this is one of the few uh, heirlooms or documentation <laughs> of that space from the internal lens. So I, I really appreciate it. And of it course. I did not know what I was doing. It was the first episode <laughs> we ever like really put together and uh-huh. didn't do live. And I was very much early in my radio making days. Yeah. Um, so production wise, bear with me. Not that you'll care at all. Um, but thank you for saying that. Yeah, I appreciate it, it. It means a lot. And I think that this will stand for, for, for history. So let's let that moment and the people who were there speak for themselves. Let's go back to 2016 and land in Freedom Square. We love you. We, we love you. 
when I think about what freedom is gonna be when we actually, you know, get ourselves there, this is what it's gonna be. It's gonna people. It's gonna be people taking care of each other. Bring your gang and shit, like. Cause in Chicago they be like, gang, 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 gang. So like, you gotta use words that they gonna relate to, words that they understand. Bring your gang, bring your people. So but like because I'm inviting you to the space and telling you like, this is the programs I'm running. Yeah. I'm making it hip. I'm making them want to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like niggas want to smoke weed or niggas want to sell dope and they think that's cool. Well, damn, you, you don't want to do this art with me? You want to make this banner? This shit dope as fuck. You see these stars we making? <laughs> Get lit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We vibing to the Kodak Black, you know what I'm saying? Like, and we just up here and we have a safe space for y'all to enjoy yourself while it's the summer still. Y'all be doing bad things to people that y'all not supposed to do. I could see if they was doing something wrong. And y'all had to write to tell them to stop, do stop, and don't ever do it again. But y'all just killing them. Once the police stop killing people, people will stop killing people. That's that's, that's true fact. Free living, free eating, free communication, uh, free gender choice, or whatever you want to feel that you be. You you're not judged here. You know you feel free to be anything you want. You know, but our um, overall objective is to promote freedom as a whole, as one collective, as a people. It is not Thursday at noon. It is Tuesday at about five in the afternoon uh, on a hot, sunny day. It I'm might day. be Thursday for you. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, it, it's this week. It's an important week. It's a beautiful day. I'm Daniel. I'm Damon. What's up, y'all? We syndicated. That's big time. You're listening to Ergo on WHBK, ErgoRadio.com. We got a little bit of a different episode for you this week. Um, we're breaking from our format. It's going to be a series of conversations recorded out here at Freedom Square. Uh, you want to give a little context on, on, on what that means? Yeah, so, so we are here right now on location um, at Freedom Square. We've been here for five days, um, and we are here very simply, standing for love, uh, fighting for freedom, and building community. Um, and, and we are here intentionally at, at home in a film or across the street uh, from a CPD black site known as Home and Square, um, a building the Chicago Police Department owns uh, that the people have no uh, active uh, knowledge or processes of accountability in the terms of to what happened here. So what has been reported and what we believe to be true based off the firsthand accounts we've gotten since being out here um, in this neighborhood is that thousands of people over the last few decades have been illegally detained um, and, and, and tortured um, in this building that the Chicago Police Department owns. Uh, and so that's, that shit, that's whack, you know? Uh, very simply put, uh, and a very unsimply put, it's a, it's a, a human rights atrocity on a, 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 of global importance. Uh, so we as a city, we as a people, we as an organizing community, we as uh, living beings with, with cells and protons and neutrons and shit, like we can't, we can no longer uh, go on living as if this is okay or as if we consent to this. So we demand that that building be closed down um, and that the resources spent on it be reinvested into the community. So we, we were first out here Wednesday uh, as part of uh, a, a collaborative action with uh, Black Youth Project 100 where the entrance to the driveway at the detention center or police site was blockaded. Um, and, and while those folks were being cut out, of metal arm covers and broken the blockade we set up our freedom square right here across the street as you can hear the sirens in the background they don't stop um what else would you say we've been doing out here dame um what we're out here doing right is um like 
challenging the 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 radical imagination to to envision a world without police, envision a world without prisons. Um, And so we know uh, that there are a lot of things that have to be built, a lot of things have to be done to make that uh, become a potential reality. So what we're out here doing um, is trying to model uh, what system building looks like because we know that the system with the big air quotes um, does not keep us safe and has been hurting us and we've been talking about it for the last 50 years. We have to start to accept that we need to create the systems um, in in order to get up under the one that, that has been, you know, had a boot on our neck um, since its creation. So so that's really what we're doing. We're, we, we've been camping out. We've been engaging the community uh, and, and really, really like putting love into action um, and, and, and moving uh, the political to the human. Yeah, I think that's a really important and accurate way to think about it. I think uh, this has been an amazing example of us figuring out how to embody and practice a lot of the things that we spend time understanding. You need to twist that. It's cool. um, and, and, in, and in some ways, you know, those things have been difficult to figure out and it's been a lot of wrestling on, on a level that if you're not trying to actually put something into practice, you maybe don't come up across those obstacles. So what does it mean to actually love each other? What does it mean to actually connect people to resources day to day? Dame, what do you think for you has been like a couple of the kind of challenges that either personally or just in general that it's been like, okay, we it took some time to figure that out, but we have a solution now or we have some structures to, to handle it? Um, for me, what, what I'm learning out here uh, is that we got to stop individualizing everything about our world. Basically, all American ideology is about is about promoting the individual over anything collective. Uh, and so whenever you have a problem, right, um, our, our job is usually to uh, create laws that create individual accountability, to create jobs and roles and tasks, right? We're out here in a world that is in a space that is anti-capitalist, in a space um, that is abolitionist, in a, in a, in a space uh, that, is, that is brave in its nature, um, we are trying to find a way to find collective solutions to all problems. Um, and instead of um, figuring out what to do in an individual moment, um, how do we build a system to account for that, to prevent um, problems, right? Instead of problem solving, problem prevention. Um, and when, when we do account or, or enc- encounter um, things that are uncomfortable or things that are difficult or things that strain capacity, uh, we, we use it as moments to learn um, and, and to start the process of, of building and creating systems and creating processes that, that are collective in nature and not rooted in anybody's individual experience because um, as individuals we are so vast and so dynamic and come from so many different experiences and, have so, and our bodies operate so differently um, from person to person even though we are always obviously connected and unified um, that, that we find a way to create systems that account for all, hu- all of our humanity in a way that is interconnected, you know. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm, you know, since we're doing this for the show and it'll be up there with all the other podcasts, I'm thinking about whether there are any, uh, it's just it, in the way that we're questioning everything, it gets me questioning our format, right? We're uh, in, in here name by name, going through person by person, these conversations, oh, wow. you know, in the, in the interest of creating this comprehensive understanding, because I do think like lifting up personal stories in the context, but I'm also thinking about like, like how does that 
how does that look collectively and what are some of the ways with that community that we bring that together so it's got me even the thing we've been doing for over a year now it's got me questioning that yeah, that's dope. I, I mean, to give us some credit, I, th- I think uh, the WeGo and y'all lacking if you missed it because it'd be cracking. Joe <laughs> Lent, no, I'm just playing. Uh, but but if you th- miss WeGo and you miss Freedom Square, I don't know what you're doing with your you're, time. You're actually not my friend, so <laughs> I just want that to be known for anybody listening. Though you can still give us donations on our PayPal or our Patreon. Ooh, ooh shameless. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I think that's that's interesting. Um, to 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 analyze uh in in ways even in being right and, and that's like just kind of an example of even when the answer is not right in front of you or even when the things are good or better oh he's about to fall there's so many kids out here y'all. um even even when you're doing things well right to the the act and science of being critical in the name of being creative right and so from us asking that question of how ergo can be better and how ergo can model uh the world that we want to see ergo will be better in ways that we wouldn't have been able to without being able to um also be accountable for for our actions and and our impact so that is like an example for for even those who do it right even those who uh follow the rules or break the rules in the right ways we have to always be critiquing um are there ways that we can be living better as as human beings and 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 loving each other um and so the show i think does a good job of trying to facilitate love but how could it be more collective uh but, but yeah yeah i think we can we can we can look at that I like lost my phone day one, uh, so if you need me, come to Freedom Square. <laughs> but but it's really been like like liberating too because I've while we've been uh, obviously creating community, we've also been aware that that we are creating a spectacle that is in some way performative. So I know like the world is engaging this. There's a lot happening on social media, and like I'm I have no idea. You're like Marla. You're like Marla from The Wire, only face to face. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's real out here, be like. Uh, it's really cool. If y'all can ever find a way um, to have uh, 30 or so people live with you outside and you get rid of your phone um, and have free food all the time, I, I, I recommend doing it. Yeah, you might want to bring your bathrooms, though. We're still figuring that piece out. So if you do have porta potty hookup, get at us at Ergo Radio. Anyway. Well, I, I guess I should end, stop being silly because uh, what's happened out here has is, is been life-changing and very real. Uh, and I said early, moving the political to the human, like, the Chicago Police Department policing racism, um, torture, right, are, are not platforms. Uh, they are, are thousands and probably on a national scale, millions uh, of people's reality. Um, and, and the collective trauma that creates um, in the way that how our system organizes uh, itself almost demands or requires violence uh, in the community um, is really sad. So last night there was a, a vigil for, for Jonathan Mills, a, a phenomenal Hooper, like you know, he was the like. I was glad I didn't have to play against him. You know, like I was like, oh man, yeah, I sit on the bench, coach. Uh, he, I've never heard you not say that you could beat somebody. Oh no, I'm not. I, I definitely did not want those problems. Uh, so so rest in peace to him, and, and to see the pain that his mother and his family and his coaches and his community uh, went through. Um, is real, and so to connect that to what happens when you torture two or three generations, what what, what happens when your uncle and father have been tortured? How, how does that trauma then impact you as you're growing up, and how does that get recreated um, throughout our everyday life? So when we're talking about policing um, and we're talking about the system, we're not just talking about bad cops, and we're not just talking about reform. We're saying that how we organize our society is is causing people to die, right? Whether it be through murder, whether it be through sickness, um, and and we got to do something 
about it. So, so you know, definitely rest in peace to Jonathan Mills. And definitely, if you if you claim to be doing this work, uh, I've learned how limited I've been because I haven't been where where I'm talking about. Um, so to be here on, I would not have known, or I would not have had the the ability to care with the way that I need to have I not, had I not been here and been with his best friend uh, right after she heard the news um, and seen his mother. Uh, so for those who are interested in world changing um, and creating better better life for people, uh, make sure you're there and make sure you're with those people. And you can also, if, if, you, if you are a city away, let's say, or just can't make it out, I think you should try, but even if you can't, you can go to the Let Us Breathe Facebook page, which has all kinds of info, including every day we have a list up there of the needs that we have and what we need uh, provided, and there's always something, and we'll, we'll, we appreciate the contribution of everyone who has helped to make uh, this world possible to imagine a world without cops. Much love. Chicago. Where in Chicago you stay? I stay on Grinshaw Street. Cool. And uh, where are you now? Where, 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 where are we? Where are we hanging out? Where are we talking? We is Freedom Square. Yeah, it's kind of cool out here, huh? Yeah. When you first came out here, what uh, what were your first thoughts of the place? Do you remember? It was fun, and we had lots of things to do, and we had so much fun. What are what are some of your what are some of your favorite things that you've done out here in uh in Freedom Square? Having fun with y'all and running and playing. Cool. What are some of the people you've gotten to meet who you didn't know before? You, Damien, and Christiana and Jason. And Jason, yeah. Um is it have you uh, have you been out here by yourself or you've been out here with some of your friends? been out with some of my friends and my brothers and my family. You want to give some of them folks some shout-outs since they're not all going to get to talk on the radio like you? Yeah. Baby J, Kiki, Shamaria, Cynthia, Eddie, and Tay. Cool. And Poppy and Bebe. <laughs> um, so we've done, I know we've like been playing around and doing a lot of activities and stuff like that. Are there any things that you feel like you've learned being out here? There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. So just say whatever you're feeling. I feel like that job in our hood, y'all trying to shut the police place down because they be doing bad things to our folks and they be doing other things. They, they, they be doing stuff that that's not right. And then, then that's when they killing people for no reason, lying on them, putting guns in their um, car, like, and then that's when they gonna, then that's when they think they have the right to shoot them. But I know they got the right to shoot them if they, if they run and do something, but they ain't got to shoot no kids. Yeah. So before we got out here, it seems like just from us talking, like you already knew about some of that stuff. Like before we showed up, did you know what was happening in that building a little bit? Or had you heard stories about what happens in that building? I heard stories about what happened in there. Do you remember, like, who told you those stories? My grandma. Mm. 
Did she tell you, did she give you any advice about like how to stay clear of it or anything like that? Don't do bad things that you know you're not supposed to. Don't go out and start stealing, mm-hmm. doing all that bad stuff. Because if you do it, they're going to lock you up and, and beat you. Mm. Um, when you see a police officer, how does it make you feel? Mad. So when you think about the cops, and you said it makes you feel mad, right? Yeah. Um, what kind of, beyond just feeling mad, is there anything that it makes you want to do? Make them make me want to say that y'all be doing bad things to people that y'all not supposed to do. I could see if they was doing something wrong and y'all had to write to tell them to stop, do stop, and don't ever do it again. But y'all just killing them because they are color. Seeing stuff like this, like, the, like what we're doing with Freedom Square, does it make you want to make things like this? Yes. Yeah? Well, do you have any ideas? It's okay if you don't, but any ideas for stuff you want to make? I want to make this where I want to shut the police place down and build it as a community where everybody can come in and have fun instead of being a police station right here. Sitting in the car with a very special guest. The car that has become my, our shared bedroom. True. You want to uh, go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Paris Fresh. Paris, you're so cool. Because <laughs> we just chill. Like we do it every night. So it's just, except for there's a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> how'd, you, uh, how'd you find your way out here? Um, so I was a part of the action that took place on Wednesday uh, with BYP 100. And I really can I curse? Okay, cool. So I'm not, I curse a lot. I need to know what I can. Can I say? Yeah, you can't technically, but we got beef with the FCC, so we curse every week. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> We're ungovernable. Okay. Absolutely. Um, Your regulations are invalid. <laughs> illegitimate. Um, <laughs> so uh, I really rock with Christiana, Jennifer, Damon, and like this all let us breathe in general. Like they do like really really dope uh, outreach work, and so with the component of uh the blockade and the action on wednesday right direct across the street at homer square and they know that this was happening over here i wanted to come out but we were doing jail support on wednesday and so when i got out it was probably like they were closing down mm-hmm. and then we found out on friday folks were gonna be out here and then a few of my friends i'm leaving i'm moving to milwaukee uh once to have a sleepover with we'll see about that <laughs> yes i am moving to milwaukee on monday uh, and they went to have a sleepover with me and i was just like cool but i kind of want to sleep at freedom square i'm not really sure and um, we came out here, and I was just, when I started asking people if they were spending the night, they were like, no. And I was just like, well, I'm not spending the night either. Like, Homeless Square is right across the street. Man, fuck that, right? Uh, and they were just like, yeah, Jason's going to be here by himself in the morning. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, that's not okay. And so I came back, and I told the folks I was supposed to do sleepover with. I'm just like, I'm staying here because Jason can't be out here by himself because, you know, that's my nigga and everything. Um, and I just have spent the night out here. <laughs> night what have been a couple of surprises as this place has come together and continues to come together what have been some surprises about how what what it's come to mean for you the biggest surprise is how safe i feel here um 
one with us directly being across the street from Homeland Square. Like, I don't trust police officers, and I never feel comfortable around them. Like, I mean, one time I walked into Trader Joe's because uh, they were like, uh, I went to school downtown, and that's the cheapest place to get food. Uh, and there were four police officers right at the front, and I couldn't go in because I almost, like, low-key had a panic attack, right? Mm-hmm. And so knowing that I'm sleeping and living, existing, uh, pretty much 24-7 directly across the street from a, a legal torture space. Uh, I would not have thought that I would have been comfortable here. But in this little lot, it's so much love. When I think about what freedom is going to be when we actually, you know, get ourselves there, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be people taking care of each other. We are here to, to, to support and protect each other and love each other. Um, I did not think that this could be possible when we are directly across the street from such a terrible place. When they look out their windows, what do you think they see? Oh, they mad. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out, are they big mad or are they little mad? But I just know they mad. Um, yeah, like, they they mad because there's nothing they can, like, you can't tell us to leave because you're going to really look like some shitheads. Like, people are out here legit giving free food out to community, right? Like, we have um, some folks who are experiencing homelessness. Like, they have a place to lay their head. We have tents for them, right? Like... There was a woman who was not wearing any shoes yesterday. We got her sh- like So you can't tell us that we're not doing something good, right? And you look even more terrible. Like you would pretty much just affirm everything that we've been t- telling everybody about you if you tell us to leave. Um, but they've been trying to do some little slick stuff on the low. Like they keep on calling the tow truck companies and telling them to come over here and scare folks. Um, they writing tickets and stuff like that. But it's pretty much... Hasn't been a whole lot of that. They'll just do it like, they'll do something once a day. Or they'll come over here and be like, I really, really love this. This is great. This is beautiful. And we like, cool. Watch from across the street. <laughs> Watch from across the street. And they're like, we not welcome here? No, y'all not welcome here. Like, everything about you means that I'm not supposed to live. Get the fuck away. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I don't know why you don't understand that simple, simple equation. So... What's what, what's been challenges either like logistically or just like emotionally or spiritually or energy wise for you being out here all day every day like you don't get any time to yourself uh, and so I've been very shocked that I've been able to maintain my energy and maintain like my love and my patience. So that's something that was just like, what? I didn't think that was going to happen. And then I got like a moment to myself when I dropped my friend off at the train station. So it was like probably like a 10-minute drive. And I just like played some of my favorite music, came back, and I was just like, it's lit. Okay, cool. Um, A challenge would probably be the fact that there are not a lot of folks who can commit their time to being here consistently outside like our peak hours, right? So peak hours are pretty much between like 4 till maybe 8. And that's why like, a lot of folks are getting off from work. Like, it's a whole bunch of people here. And that's cool. But, like, we need folks to be here later than that. We need people to be here earlier than that. And what it looks like is because we don't have that, the same, like, eight folks are here day in, day out, like, all day long. Uh, another challenge would be trying to build the culture that we really want to have exist in our world. Like, the culture and the structure and the system. So, like, to have sustainability, we need to have some sort of system. And we are sort of building this plane on the way up. And it's hard, right? Because we know that we need to be having conversations around certain things. But we also know that we're needed in this area and in that area. Um, but I guess what's 
was kind of like affirming us is just that we eventually get around to it, even though we wish that we would have had a conversation like three days ago, right? But the culture piece is pretty important, especially for the young people. It's like, it's cool, you know, come come hang out with us. But I need you to understand, you can't be talking rah-rah to that girl over there. And you can't be hitting this person with this. So, you know, just how do you communicate that to somebody who doesn't have like a lot of great relations with older folks? And they all just so, it's kind of like, man, forget you. Like, you ain't nobody in no way, right? Like, there's nothing to buy into. Um, for them to like, actually listen to us, and other than the fact, like, oh, it's free food here. Giving them something beyond just that initial structure to buy into. Yeah. Something that connects with them and provides something that they can, you know, link with. Yeah, because when you think about, like, so I do uh, community programs or, like, through teaching or something. The buy-in is that you low-key have to be here or I have your parents' contact information, right? <laughs> like, and I can say, I'm going to call your mama, <laughs> I'm going to call your grandmama. Here, it's not that. These are shorties who just, like, walked up, and they were just like, hey, what y'all got going on? Um, and they don't have to be here, right? Like, and I think this is also really testing me to figure out how can I how can I keep things in-house, right? So I'm thinking about, so I'm about to become a teacher in the fall. I don't want to have to have consequences that go outside of my classroom or more or accountability process that goes outside of my classroom what kind of relationships can I build with, with the students and with these young people here? Like, so this is like my practice, right? Building with them. Cause I can't, like, there's nobody to go tell, right? Like, this is like, Paris, figure this out on your own. The principle of Freedom Square, that's not happening. <laughs> like that doesn't exist. Um, like actually build real relationships with them and figure out what they need. So like, this is restorative justice, like at its finest, right? Yeah, um, and it's hard. So hard. Because nerves are being tested. I didn't know I had, but it's like, it's love though, right? So some, so one of them who I thought we were just going to be beefing forever, I had her over there sorting clothes and she was kicking with me. And I was just like, yes, <laughs> I got one. I got one. Let's keep on working on the rest of them. Because we was going at it. Oh, yeah. We was going at it. And I was just like, yo, it can't keep on being this. And so we had a, a, a long coming to Jesus moment. I'm not religious. It's just something I like to say, coming to Jesus moment. This is what I need from you. Tell me what you need from me. Um, and then last night at 9 o'clock, she was sorting clothes. Like, you know what I mean? So we're getting there. And this is great practice. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you, Paris, for everything that you do out here. You're, thank you. You're like one of those like great perks of this beautiful thing we're building is getting to become friends with you. So. Oh, oh, oh. I'm <laughs> you so sweet. No, but for real, though. Thanks and for I really it. mind that you, I, no, not mind. I really like the fact that you don't mind my snoring. Hey, I don't have much of a choice. I'm either <laughs> out here, I'm either out here in a tent and on an abandoned lot, or I'm in the back seat of your Nissan. So I'll take the Nissan and the snores any day. <laughs> but no, yeah, thank you. I appreciate you. We're here at Freedom Square. Uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself? DJ. How you feeling, DJ? Good. <laughs> we started laughing already. We're in a very warm car uh, talking out here. I know you've been out at, uh, at Freedom Square for a few days now. How'd you first find out about it? When all the people started running up to the bus after, after my basketball game, I saw a lot of people out here, so I'm like, was all these people I'm just gonna stop right here for a minute and see what's going on next thing you know um they like we got free waters come over here it's called freedom square then when I saw the news reporters out I'm like well y'all out they was like because 13 people got 
arrested. And I was like, oh, what they do? They like, it's all them people that's right there. That's who got arrested. I'm like, they protesting or something? He, she was like, yeah. Then when I saw Christiana, she was like, uh, I was like, what is this whole organization? She was like, um, it's called Freedom Square. We trying to get that place over that shut down. Then that's all they've been saying all day. Like, we want, we trying to get this place shut down. Mm-hmm. We gonna be out here as long as we could. Yeah. So had you seen had you seen protests before? Uh huh. What were some of the protests you'd seen? I saw the the four eleven movement that I was a part of for my friend Pierre. Mm. Pierre Lowry, right? Uh huh. You wanna just quickly, if you feel comfortable, just tell folks like what that story was, what happened to Pierre? Um, you know how the police come up with their lies. Mm-hmm. He was he was in a car with some of his friends and the car was identified by the police as stolen. That's that's false information. And when the police stopped the car, Pierre got out and started trying to walk away and the officer started chasing him and Pierre tried to hop the gate and they shot shot him in his back. Even though he they they came up with a lie and said that he he tried to fire back at them and he didn't because how could he fire back? Because the picture on, I mean, the video on YouTube that I just showed the guy outside, that Pierre was trying to hop the gate, and the nursing home caught the video that Pierre was trying to hop the gate, and the police still came with their lies. But the mayor, he identified the officer to the mama. His name was Sean Hitz. So when you first heard about what happened to Pierre, like, do you remember like what your feelings were? Not really. Not really. Um, so when when you how about this? When you tell that story now, and it sounds like and I've heard you tell it a couple times to different people. Uh, what do you feel when you tell that story now? I don't even know. I don't know. No. It feel like sad. It feel like it would have been better if he was here. Yeah. That's what I feel. Words. So let's let's jump back to to Freedom Square. What are some of the things you've been doing out here? Yesterday I I grilled I donated some seasoning called saison that my mother used. Um, I've been just walking around. I brought my little brother along with me, mm-hmm. and I got to meet new people. Like Loki, he real funny. <laughs> what kind of funny? How would you describe Loki? Because we're gonna talk with him as well. It's like he just funny. <laughs> like when he say something, when he say something, you just want to laugh. Oh, <laughs> uh, what what are a couple things you feel like you've learned being in this space? I learned a lot about black people. Like they said, black people can't be racist. I didn't know that. Caleb was like, we got a lot of white people out here. And I was like, that's racist. And most people like, black people can't be racist. We the most hated people. We we got different skin color from everybody. And mostly everybody hate us. So I'm like, oh, silly. When you look at the way the world works in the different parts of the city you see, do you feel like, like, do you feel separate from that? Or do you feel like you're part of what the city is? It's in the middle. It's like some some white people, they rude, and some are nice. Get off the train, and they ain't got no bus fare. I ask them, like, could you tap me on the train? They say no, and just keep walking. But if somebody else, like, I promise you, I witnessed this, like, last week. I asked the guy, could he tap me on the train? Then when the white person came up, he tapped him on the train. So, you know, we've been hanging out over here in Freedom Square for for a few days now. Uh, you stay around here, right? Uh-huh. 
Do you f- have you brought some of them through here or some of the like your other friends come through? Yeah, I told them like y'all come around and they got free food. Some of them came. Did you uh, did y'all talk about like what their thoughts were? Like like have people come back? Some of your friends? Because I know you've been back here a few days. No, I don't think they really interested in this. What do you think could uh, could change out here that might make them interested in this? If anything, it's cool if you think nothing, but I'm just I'm curious. I don't know. What is it for you that makes you interested in this? Like, what is uh, beyond the food, beyond like the activity? Like, is there something about this that like you're like this is where I should be? The people like Jason and Damien and Christina and and Jennifer and Diamond and everybody cool. Yeah, everybody got respect for the youth. They care about the youth. Let's say like in other parts of your life, like where where else are there folks that you feel like have that kind of respect for you? Nowhere. So you talked about like Jason and, and Christiana and Damon and, and and Jennifer being people who you you know have respect for you. Do you feel like you could go to that or or like if you have questions about what's being talked about or just like stuff you want to talk through? Like have you have you been able to like go to them and ask them questions and you know build that trust back? Yes. How does it feel to have them to turn to? I feel like I feel like there's some role models in the community. Jay trying to change change some around so we have a better better place to stay and better community. So while we're out here talking about all these big ideas for, you know, how to imagine a world without cops and how to take care of ourselves, like, what do you feel like you need, uh, whether just for you or, or, or like you and your friends or you and your family, what, what do you feel like you need in order to breathe easier, in order to, you know, you know live in a way that, that feels better to the world? We just need violence free, that's it. Mm. Once, once... Once the police stop killing people, people will stop killing people. That's that's the true fact. Twenty three. It gave him twenty five. He wasn't even twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. Gave him twenty five. He wasn't even twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. Gave him twenty five. He wasn't even twenty three. Twenty three. 23. You what the niggas faking, I'm talking my brother Same nigga I grew up with, same daddy, different mother You niggas rich to us because we grew up in the struggle I've been thugging with my day ones, you other niggas trouble The hunger is what kept me alive Just to stay on this earth to see most of my niggas die I cry when I look your mother in her eyes Wanna die, die yourself but keep in that 4-5 Save a pride, so I'ma ride, fuck 25 I'm trying to see 23, I ain't shit for 16 Police wanna murder me, God won't take a hold of me My mama lost control of me, they gave him 25 And my brother won 23, 23, 23 they gave me 25, he wasn't even 23, 23. He called me on the phone, I can't eat, I can't sleep. Most of the time sad, they done took the other half of me. I know you niggas after me, some niggas from the pack with me. Most of these niggas family, so these niggas are clap for me. My sister called me crying, say she saw me on TV. I was turned up in their face, fighting dirt-ass police. Told her I'ma keep on pushing till I deem we all free. R.I.P. my nigga mouth, just get these haters off of me. R.I.P. my nigga book, just watch a nigga back for me. You should see the way they look when I say I'm 17. Yeah, nigga, I'm still a teen. No cracker, you not a king. Y'all was just born with the key, we call it white supremacy. Just because you fucking hurt on me, that white bitch is a queen. Quick to sell a nigga dream, the chance go to the other team. This some shit I won't believe, put tears in my brother's eyes. See my fucking mama cry, my sister know she not alive. 
alive Nigga, no, we not alike You niggas from the other side We only coming out at night When killers love to shoot and fight Face the blood to get me right I bet I see 23 without getting that 25 This nigga say he never cried So we gon' make his mama die Take her son to Fuck it, call the devil homicide I been on some ill shit Nah, I been on some real shit Hand in the water Some shit to get me killed quick Young nigga moving Yet this young nigga booming Get the fucking with us And then this young nigga shooting I try to talk to God And he ain't talk back And all I wanted was my brother back 23 Gave me 25 He wasn't even 23 23 we're here at Freedom Square. I got a very special guest in the car with me. Uh, I was actually able, believe it or not, to get him off the grill, which I didn't know was possible because he's been on the grill for about, what is it, six days straight at this point? Yeah. Why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself? Good morning, good afternoon, and good night to everybody. <laughs> this is Dante Carter out of Ferguson, Missouri. Um, well known as St. Louis. Word, thank you. First of all, I mean, so most of the time I start these with questions, but for this one, I want to just say first, like, what we're building here, we rely on everyone to make it happen, but I do want to, like, take a special moment of appreciation for, like, everything beyond just the time at the grill, just everything you that you've brought to the space. It has been so central, so needed, and so key to making this happen. So, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Oh, when you, when you look at this space right now and you're looking out uh, at, at what we're building here and what we've built already, like, wh- what does it make you feel like? What, what, what are you seeing that, that seems special to you? Godly. Cleaniness is next to godliness. And we're all cleaning our souls because we're working together as a unit and as a community to overcome our main goal and our main objective, which is build a new system, build a new foundation, and get rid of all the corruption that's in our reach. Mm. So, you know, I know a little bit of the story of how you ended up here. Um, we haven't really talked, I guess, on the show in these other interviews that I've done about the about about Lost Voices. You want to give, like, the... I know you've done press a million times, Renna, but, like, the real... And I don't consider myself press in this case, but, like, the the real quick description, elevator pitch of, like, how you came to this work and how you came to know Damon and Chris and all the Let Us Breathe folks? Well, I take it back to August, September, October of 2014 when the tragedy of Michael Brown Jr. was basically assassinated um, by Darren Wilson. Um, that that sparked the flame for my organization, also for the movement which came to be. My organization, we kind of came together um, like pit, bits and pieces, like it was like one person, then another person, then these two people, and they just it just thought it just thought like piling up. But um, everybody was out here, like like everyone out here. Um, we was just all out there protesting and fighting fire rights and so forth. And then uh, they created a uh, a peaceful place to assemble. Like what we got here, they really like gave us <laughs> a peaceful place to assemble. <laughs> And you know, we took it up on ourselves to um, we took it on us uh, upon ourselves to occupy that place, uh, occupy that space, and um, it was it was it's truly like the same type of story like which I got going on. It truly really is like, but only thing is, it was like it wasn't um, it wasn't as much it wasn't as 
as many intelligent folks around. Like, you know, I'm not saying I bash in my organization, but it's so many people with different organizing skills and um, different uh, intelligent and knowledgeable traits that are beneficial to this movement we have, which is kind of like, that's what I'm happy to see. I, overall, I'm really happy to see all these bright minds really collectively working together. But on my on my behalf of my organization, um, um, we all we all come from um, you know a real rural street background. Uh, most of, most everybody that was out there in my organization, they came from from the street where they have, you know, where uh, the media or the news of the world were considered as a, a sob story or a sympathy story. But this was actually actual events that took place. Not saying that my event is worse than anybody else's event. It's just the fact that all events that we went through individually, from a child to adult. To end up at one at the same space at the same time on the same agenda that's rare, and it's also amazing. So, you know, I don't get our religions, but overall, the strength and the empowerment and the knowledge that people accumulate and the system they build within itself is all given to the grace of God. Like I said, I don't want no credit for what I do and what I have done. I give all my credit to the Most High above. Um, well, I'll give a little credit to you. I mean, I think, and and you can pass it along, but I think like. What I'm seeing and, and the role that like you and Loki from Ferguson have served, at least for me in, in, in building this, is I feel like there's stuff that y'all learn the hard way that we've been able to, to sidestep or even just like have some perspective on because we can look at you and be like, hey, like, what do you think we should be doing right now? You know, like like this thing that we're trying to figure out as we go, like what kind of perspective can you can you bring? So like are the things that y'all had to learn the hard way in Ferguson that you feel like you've been able to help us work through and avoid and deal with here? I mean, I, I don't know. Like, most of the organizing, like, literally, like, really came from came from me, to be honest with you. Like, the most of, like, the tent setup and uh, outreach and everything, bro, a lot of that came from me. Like I said, I give credit to God above, but I be down. <laughs> I did a whole lot of, I'm talking about sweating and going Hard, you know, not to bash or throw any of my team up on the bus. Like, I was, you know what I'm saying? We worked as a team. But for us organizing and keeping stuff straight and keeping it neat together, bro, it was, it was like that so much. And I'm like one person, bro, dealing with like 40, 50 tents, 20, 30 boxes of uh, medical supplies and hygiene. I'm like, bro, I could, like, I'm trying to, but everybody else was like, uh, okay, we're going to get to it, we're going to get to it. Then, like, they never get to it. I guess for me, like, I'm here out of town, and then these are people that's hurt. And, you know, these people that's hurt are really, like, with the shit. Not saying that my team not, but I just want to make, I just want you guys that's listening to understand that it takes a certain type of person to withstand heat, frustration. Um, I, I battle with anger issues sometimes, you know, not saying necessarily angry at people, angry at decisions that I make when I'm dealing with certain people that, and, you know, invoke me to make that decision. Not saying they do, not saying that they make me do it, but off off the fact that we were dealing with each other and I know a lot of this came from your fault and I try to pick up your slack and I try to take care of, of your slack that you're supposed to take care of and it kind of put me in a bind. So, like, I'm just saying I'm just learning from, I'm learning from the experience. But with, with this right here, you guys are not really missing the hard part. The hard part is actually keeping it going. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part. And that's my team. We didn't everybody stop. Like I really didn't want to stop myself, you know what I'm saying? But like, bro, like, like, you know, you can't do everything on your own. Like, and I've been doing a lot of stuff on my own. 
with the help of everybody, but the visions that I have, I've been kind of carrying them out on my own consent. Like I'm like I'm like I don't really like need your help. I just got a vision that I want to make sure I get out, and how I get this vision out is. Especially, this is a big project. This like this is like locking yourself in the dorm room. You got finals. You know what I'm saying? You got to so, cram, and it's every day. And the test is the next day, every single day. You see what I'm saying? So that's and and, and using in that sense. But like, I mean, y'all see what I'm doing? It ain't it ain't nothing nobody can imitate. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, this was my second time ever doing this. You know, yeah. but overall, I didn't see, I didn't see. I didn't see the wealth and what I knew and what I understand and what I could do. Like, I really didn't see, like, I really didn't figure myself being out in Chicago doing something like this, though. I really just came down for the weekend just to uh, do a play or whatever um, with Christiana. Um, she had a play going on, so I came to her overall. But also, I want to go back to what you had said. You asked me um, before, it's like Christiana Damien. Yeah. Well, I met, uh, I met the others breed. In Ferguson, well, I kind of skipped a little bit, but I met them in Ferguson through the process of me being out the protest, and I wasn't like I wasn't too friendly with outsiders, you know. And I really, I'm being honest, like, cause a lot of people come down there using our likeness and get paid for it, you know. And that's not, that's not right. I didn't, I tell people come give me, trying to give me money, and I'm like, nah, I don't really. Can you go do this for me? Do this for me? Do this, do that for me? If not, I get somebody to go do it instead of them looking like we receiving funds from the public and we supposed to be doing things for free, you know, or out of pocket. Yeah, they don't. I seem, seem contradicting. So when they, when she, when the Christiana approached me and met me, I was like, oh, "Who are you?" You know, I was really like, I was like, "Nah, nah, nah I'm so, but I don't, I don't trust. So how they, how they build that trust with you? Because now you know it's been two years now. Yeah, I know, I know. Like I guess being, they stay consistent. There's a lot of issues about you know, what I'm saying misguided funds or uh, you know where funds were, where we did not comprehend the whole aspect of or raising money or GoFundMe or anything like we we don't I don't come from that type of background. I don't know anything about this. So they they're they're well grounded in their expertise. And since I didn't I was just talking about this. Since I didn't understand the dynamics of it, I can't really get mad at her because of something I don't understand. I don't understand how this works. So I'm only going off my judgment of what I think. Even though I think this this is not actually what it is. So I had to recollect myself and think yeah. like, okay, if these people really here to help you or they trying to you know they trying to yes. hinder yeah they're trying to hinder you by you know saying using your likeness to get paid off and they can go back home to their married life but no like they came out they camped out they bought things you know um they bought and, a lot of equipment supplies and stuff like that and, and built relationships and listened it feels like because i'm thinking about now you know there i guess on paper you're an outsider here right mm -hmm. but at least for me watching the way that you you've worked it hasn't felt like that mm -hmm. um and i'm curious like for you how have you thought about being in in a different city and trying to connect with folks here and like what feels what feels really different from the way you connect with folks back home and what feels the same um you know i'm not trying to be racial about it but it's it's more of it's more of the culture like um there's certain cultures i connect easily with and other cultures i don't not saying i do but it's like people perceive me as looking crazy because if you guys if you guys don't know who i am they'll see me before i am uh, african you're, you're wearing an abraham lincoln costume right now <laughs> I see. You know, I'm an African American, black African American male, or oh, African male. Um, tattoo on the left side of my face. Got a tattoo above my right eyebrow, like little dirt. I have dreadlocks. It's kind of short. I got tattoos that cover uh, top of my neck all the way down to my chest. I got tattoos on my arm. You know, I got tattoo up under my lip, and I got tattoos on the side of my hair. So, 
too, and and I'm and I'm black on top of that. You know, I'm come from the streets, and I have a street lingo, and I, you know, so I don't know if that's comfortable to somebody that's not used to them type of folks. You know, you know, so not not trying to individualize anybody, but I am a different breed of person coming into a native land. Like I, I like I don't like these are my peoples, but I don't they like I don't I don't know them. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's like family connected, but I don't you know what I'm saying? I don't I don't necessarily know them. So. A lot of the minorities that's here, like in this rural area that we are occupying in Freedom Square, I connect with them easy. Like it's, it's it feel like I'm talking to people back home. Besides, I, not the opposite of the minorities. I I don't you know what I'm saying I try to connect, but I be so busy. But then right. the, the young kids that come, the older folks that deal with me on site, I don't know if they be intimidated by my uh, by who I, by the way I look. You know what I'm saying? Talk to me like if we engage, want to say when it's dropping off supplies and things like that, but instead of have a certain conversation. Some do, but kind of most don't, you know? I just want to say I think you're like the most approachable person that I've met being like we didn't know each other six days ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I think maybe we met once when, when Lost Voices came up here, but like we didn't know each other at all. And I think it, it's part of what you bring to the space is you you both you and Loki actually have this amazing ability to that first interaction to make it a comfortable one and a beautiful one and one that builds relationship. And I think I'm thinking about what you were talking about, um, about the, like the putting that, that pressure on to, to take a project and see it through to fruition. Right. So like the ability, one of the abilities that you have that I've watched is you have that follow through to have a vision of something and then work until it's done and not be done with it until it's done. And I'm sure you've seen it. I've definitely seen it in my life. That is a rare skill to be able to take it to fruition. But it means that it's easy to put a lot on your own shoulders that way. Um, so I say it just because I think we're in the middle of this and I think it's important. And I finally got you sitting down for a second. Like, we can't do any of this unless we take care of ourselves too. Right. So I want to encourage you, the world and the work will always still be here. And uh, don't hesitate ever to ask for help when you need it. And don't hesitate to take a moment for yourself because we will all understand. Yeah. And we care about you. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and I know that can be hard to hear, and like can make it like it makes me feel uncomfortable, right? right, right. For for when when I think about stepping away from here, and we have very different relationships to this space. How does it feel to hear me say that? Um, I mean, to me, it's kind of it's kind of repetitive because I didn't hear it so many. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm being honest. Though, I didn't hear it from so many different people, so it's like I'm like, okay, I, I mean, low key, I, feel, I appreciate the love though. Like you can't, you know, what I'm saying you can't. You know, type of love like this, no else. Even my hometown, like I really didn't get this type of love and support. Even what I'm doing, you know, even even the work that I put out, they went. I guess it was. I think people were kind of too prideful mm. to be, you know, to say, oh, "I appreciate you doing that. Thank you." Blah blah blah. You know, they don't take time to do that. And you guys, you have like you have like good like communication and good workmanship skills. Like, and it's and it's beautiful. Man. And I guess I think that's the most appreciative thing, and I appreciate about that the fact that. Actually, the ones that are really doing the work can actually work together. I think that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm real proud of. But overall, they show me so much love to them. Sometimes I just like, oh, I got this. I tripping, man. Hey, I got this. But I, I don't see that it's it's four o'clock right now. And since maybe what uh, eight, I can say about seven, eight, nineteen, eleven, twelve, one, two, three, four. I'd I'd have been moving nonstop for the last nine hours straight, like to cooking. Building, cooking, building, organizing, you know? So I was thinking like, wow. And I was like, and I really sat back and I'm like, okay, I wake up at 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. That's, like a, that's almost like 14 hours of nonstop. So I'm not really seeing it where, like, 
Like, people don't know my body. Like, I said, how you doing? I'm a burning off fat. You know what I'm saying? Being out of something like this. Like, if I get too hydrated or get, you know what I'm saying, too delusional in my head where I can't co-op, uh, then I'd be like, I got to sit down, y'all. Somebody can take it over. But I love what I do. I guess when you got passion for something, you don't realize that you are putting your body through a work. And I'm like, mom, I mean... It's like, I feel like it's well needed for me to sweat out fed out because I'm in like last couple of years, like I've been eating real good. <laughs> <laughs> I've been real good. This is all just a workout for you. Say <laughs> yeah. I'm getting fed, I guess I really am eating good. Like I really, I really did gain weight. I mean, I did lose a lot of weight when I was protesting. And then I almost suffered from that nutrition because, you know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't skinny, skinny, but I mean, I was, you know, I was neglecting myself. And so I kind of, you know, built my health up over the last couple of years whatnot. And then... You know, and I get right back into it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Now it's like going right back into it. I'm seeing this on a bigger scale. I just wanted to make sure that what we doing now is sustainable. And like we got other pro we got other uh duties we gonna carry out through Freedom Square. You know, like I appreciate Let Us Breathe. I appreciate BYOP. You know, it just makes me feel somewhat of outsider because I'm not part of the organization. And I had my organization, but my organization was like it wasn't the strongest. The people and then I, I say forget an organization. I'm just talking about people in general, though. Yeah. The people are very supportive. The people are very loving. Like, and I, 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 I appreciate that so much to the point where I kind, I kind of forget sometimes. I come, I sometimes I be feeling uncomfortable, but then sometimes I'm comfortable because I think about the the type of love and the support they give me. But I'd be like, dang, ain't the organization. Then they doing articles and articles and this and the other. So I tell myself, if you, if it wasn't no social media, if it wasn't this and the other, you know, what I'm saying, how would you take this? The way you feel, how much you take? I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, I can't really do it. I'll be like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing this from the heart. I'm not doing this for uh, retweet. Yeah, you know, so I'm not doing for recognition or retweet or nothing like that. But the fact is, I have comrades in Chicago. I have comrades in Rockford. You know, so it's like I, I really neglected all my friends and family over the last six days being out with y'all because I, I, I have my phone ain't working so my phone ain't working I ain't contacting nobody I ain't got no access to the internet and I'm really not worrying about Facebook or Twitter because I'm trying to build a foundation for a future that that needs help if they don't get help then the future shall be almost abolished like I mean like who who wants that I see that so I guess that's why I work hard because it's an internal thing with me and an internal understanding that I can't sit up and just tell somebody this that and other with them, without them contradicting me like oh you know how you want to you can say all that but you're not doing the work you know exactly so it's like I can't I can't really I can't really sit down and talk to them how I want to because it'll make me frustrated and it'll make me you know feel like I'm talking to a brick wall because I can't get mad of, at them for something they don't understand. My life is structured different than theirs. Mm -hmm. So what I can do is find the ways that we can actually meet in the middle. Yeah. You know, find the ways that you can be comfortable with what I'm doing. I can be comfortable with what you're doing. So it's basically put, put the work in and swap skills. You good in that area? I'm good in this area. You work in the area? I work in this area. And let's make something together doing exactly, it. Exactly, bro. Word. Before, we, before we finish up, any last, whether it's memories or thoughts or just things that you want people to know about what's happening here at Freedom Square? Besides the fact that the bar that the grill is popping and that it's delicious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I guess one thing I should say is uh, freedom. All right. Freedom to me means that you are not in any bondage. You're not uh, you're not in any type of form of content with your mind, your body, your soul. You're free. Square. We occupy like. 
four four corners of this area we in because it really literally is a square from one corner to the alley, from the alley to a tree, from a tree to the, to the you know what I'm saying to one of the main roads. It's cool looking at it with you as I'm turning my head and going through it. That was just so cool. Yeah, there was something about that. I was like, yeah. Where it's this box, right? This is the space we're in, yeah. Yeah, so when you put it together, you got freedom, then you got a square. It, we, we, it's like we live in a world inside the world, okay? So we taking individuals from the outside and bringing them into the square and really giving them freedom. Freedom to eat free. Freedom to uh, freedom to live free. Freedom of the mind because when you come here, you're in a comfortable state. You're not thinking about these bills. You're not thinking about nothing. You're not thinking about uh, stress or cancer or um, your addiction. Nothing because there's nothing but positive embracement in this area, this free, in this square that we in, you know? So it's like, how could you not support and appreciate something like that? You know, I feel like freedom square is a stepping stone to get a bigger square and put more freedom inside of, you know? let's One day we're going to have to remove ourselves from this system that we live in. You know, this system has their own square. You know, it's like you're almost playing, it's like you're playing hopscotch. You jump from one square to another, one square. And it's like and it's like a daily thing with us. If you ain't got a place to leave, jump from one house to one house. You know, if you got a fool, you jumping from one pantry to another pantry. You know what I'm saying? If you got no father figure, you jump into one father room. You know, so it's like, it's almost like you, you like you're playing hopscotch. You jump from all these different squares, but now we in a sense where we broaden our square out to the to the to the highest of our extent and putting freedom inside that square, which is free living, free eating, free communication, uh, free gender choice, or whatever you want to feel that you be you. You're not judged here. You know, you feel free to be anything you want. You know, but our overall objective is to promote freedom as a whole, as one collective, as a people. You know, and that's what and that's my outtake. And my intake on this because I was out there once, not but I came in like even before Freedom Square. I was like I'm using that analogy, that analogy because I was in a world where you know, since I was outside the square of freedom, you know, I thought free sometimes, but over time I was like I said, I was playing hopscotch, you know, I'm jumping from one spot to another, you know, what I'm saying one, you know, what I'm saying I one game, but one problem with this game to you know another problem, you know, what I'm saying this game it's like it was like uh, the hopscotch never ended. It was almost like it was like it was that a million and I had to constantly hop down like most of your life bro I've been living on this earth for over what 40,000 days which ain't really that long if you really think about it I ain't even been on this earth that long a lot of us ain't really been on this earth this long so I'm saying to myself let's really take what we discover which is ourself our ability to to understand that we as a people need mental health we need um we need stability we need love we need nurture we need um we need to voice our opinion. We we need to let the world know that our voice matters. You know, not just say, "Oh, Black Lives Matter." Yes, that's most. That's some. That's the broadest statement you can ever use because not I'm saying Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, Brown Lives Matter, and two different cultures, White Lives Matter, Chinese Lives Matter. It really works my mind because. It's like you don't really don't go nowhere else in the world where everybody's streaming. Oh, Chinese lives matter. Palestinian lives matter. Like, it's crazy for you to put a label on the life that matters. All lives do matter. But in a sense, the lives that are in in, in danger or becoming endangered species are black African-Americans. So them lives for this moment, for this time, or that, it shall always matter forever. But for this moment, until we get everything constructed and everything together, our lives are going to matter to the death of us. And that's what we shall do as one, as one collective whole. 
So our allies, our white allies, have been showing mad love, mad support, and they've really been giving us the support we need to sustain ourselves. So it ain't, it ain't about being black or white. It's nothing. We, we're human, you know? And all of us go through trials and tribulations that we all can't understand each other's story. But we all have one similarity. Why? Because we all in freedom, square, you know, Working all together So all the outside Negative entities That you know what I'm saying That hinder us We leave them out there You know And we build this together Exactly So I appreciate it um, Like I said uh, Follow me on On Twitter Dante LV On Facebook Dante D'Amico Carter D-O-N-T-E-Y D'Amico D-E-M-E-K-O Carter C-A-R-T-E-R And come get some of those burgers And that seven level salad And the, all that It's delicious Come yeah. through get, get The grill's gonna be going I promise you that Thank you for doing this man I appreciate you No problem man Um, um Let's get out of this hot ass car Most definitely I love everybody that's listening Um my, my blessings going to everybody uh, Keep a high spirit Stay positive Stay away from negative energy And use your time wisely Because you don't get it back 